Hello, and welcome to Look to Love, a podcast from me, J.L. Gerhardt, to help you read the Bible a better way to see, know, and fall in love with God. Every week, we read a passage from the Bible. We're working our way from Genesis to Revelation, and we ask the question, who is God? Why? Because looking leads to loving. Join me as we open our Bibles and look to love. Have you ever realized, maybe in the face of some towering trial or task, have you ever realized, I do not have what it takes? Culture might tell you, yes, you do. Instagram might cheer, find the strength within yourself. You are all you need. A well-meaning church lady might tell you, God will never give you more than you can handle. But you know that's not true because you've looked for strength and it's not there. You've assessed the given moment and know it's bigger than you can hold in your hands. Have you ever come to the absolute edges of your capacity? If you have, perhaps you, like the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, have encountered the God who lives there. It's one of his very favorite places to move. We're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Version. That's what I'm usually reading from here on the podcast. It's one of my favorite translations, primarily because of readability. It just sounds more modern. And one of the reasons why, uh, this is just a side note, (laughs) one of the reasons why I want a version of the Bible that sounds more familiar to my ear or more modern is because it helps me read these stories as real, as opposed to reading them as fiction, something that happened so long ago that I can't imagine it happening today. And language shapes the way you see. And so it's important that you interact with language that feels uh, present, real of this moment, in order for you uh, to be able to understand the present of this moment God in the text. Um, Sure, there's also lots of good reasons to read it in the KJV sometimes or to read it in an older version. Uh, The KJV, for example, uh, versions of the Psalms are just gorgeous. And sometimes what you're looking for in a Psalm is uh, an eternal beauty. And so that might be a great reason to read those in an older version. So that's my TED Talk (laughs) on uh, versions. Personally, I think you should be reading the Bible in lots of versions. Um, Read it in all the different ways. See all the various ways it's been interpreted over time and translated. Um, Most translations are not interpretations. They're, They're just turning the text into our best guess of the most precise word to match the original language. As some translations, I'm using air quotes, are more of an interpretation like the message. Um, All of them, though. Uh, can be really helpful to give you a round picture of the God who you're trying to love. Okay, so I'm in 1 Kings chapter 4, going to read verses 1 through 7. One of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. Okay, we've got the wife of one of the prophets crying out to Elisha. Now, back then, I don't 
fully understand exactly how this worked, but some of the prophets would live together kind of in a monastery, that kind of a prophet community, and they would live and work together. And so this appears to be one of the prophets who was in the community that was led by Elisha. And so this prophet has died. His widow uh, has two children. And she's coming to Elisha saying, hey, I don't have any money. And this creditor is coming in my grief in this moment when I'm just devastated because I've lost my husband. Uh, now this creditor wants to make me and my children his slaves. So this is a desperate situation. This is a moment where she is at the absolute edges uh, of, her, of her ability. Elisha asks her, what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Okay, so he's like, what, what do you need from me? And then it's like he realizes, okay, I guess I know what you need from me. And then he asks a follow-up question, tell me, what do you have in the house? So evidently he's thinking, what can we sell maybe, right? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And I don't know if she's had to sell her furniture in order to pay for his funeral or what was going on here, um, but this prophet evidently was not well paid, and so he doesn't have much. She's not given his wife any kind of an inheritance or his children. So she says, I've got nothing. I've got a jar of oil. And then he said, so this is Elijah, he says, go out and borrow empty containers from all your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all these containers. Set the full ones to the side. So she left. So she's going to immediately do what Elijah said to do. Like this doesn't strike her as crazy. Remember, she is a prophet's wife. And so she's used to crazy. And so she listens to Elijah. She goes, does exactly what he says. She goes and gets lots of containers from all of her neighbors after she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers, and she kept pouring. And when they were all full, she said to her sons, bring me another container. But they replied, there aren't any more. And then the oil stopped. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on the rest. Okay, so this is just a little story. Uh, it's it's a favorite of mine. Um, I read it recently and was struck once again by the magic of it and the earthiness of it. Um, this is not a miracle like um, like some of the ones that Elijah Elisha will be a part of. It's not the, the sky opening up with fiery chariots. It's not an entire army overcome. It's, this is a miracle that's a lot more like the ones that Jesus will do when he comes to earth, um, where he'll reach down and, and make mud with his own spit and then put it on the guy's eyes. It's just a very earthy, ordinary miracle for the good of one little family. When I ask the question, who is God, as I look back at this little story, a lot of things come to mind. I think one of the first ones is that God cares about the individual. This woman has no uh, position, no influence in the nation of Israel. She's just a widow uh, trying to deal with the consequences of a terrible situation. Death has left her um, without a husband, without money, and is about to put her in the position of needing to be a slave. Uh, death so often steals so much from us. But death is God's enemy. And this woman is God's child. And so he treats her tenderly. He cares about this one life. Who is God? He cares about the widow. 
who is God. He cares about the son who's been left without a father. Um, who is God? He will turn his attention and his power toward his children individually in their moment of need. Okay, as I also keep reading, as I keep thinking about this miracle, I, I can't help but think of the story of Gideon in which God does a lot with a little. And the story of Gideon, the point of it in so many ways is that God waits until there's a little in order to do a lot. You know, he says to Gideon, your army's too big. I can't fight with an army this size because you're going to feel like you can take credit for what happened. And I, I think that same principle applies here in a moment like this. What if the woman had a house full of furniture? And Elisha said, all right, uh, well, what do you have? And she said, well, I have a house full of furniture. And he said, well, then go sell your furniture. Would she have recognized this as a moment of deliverance by the father? Maybe, maybe she would have realized, yes, God gave me this furniture and now I'll sell it and it's God taking care of me. But there's a great chance that she would have thought, I'm the one who took care of myself. I had the industry to sell all of my furniture and look how much I made. Um, I know this temptation. I did this recently. I moved out of my house and I put all my stuff on OfferUp. And if you ever have used OfferUp, you know it kind of feels like a game. And when people pay you for your things, you kind of feel like you're winning. And I felt like I was the one, right? Look at me. I'm an amazing uh, mother and wife and um, I'm taking care of all of us through my sales. And there was a lot of self-congratulations involved in that. And it was a moment where I didn't really realize the gift that God had given me. However, if I'd had no furniture and needed money and had no way of getting money, and then a miracle like this one were to happen, I think it would be very easy for me to turn my attention toward God, to see God as the giver of the gifts, and to see God as the one who delivered me from my situation. So sometimes it seems like God will wait until we're at the absolute edges of our capability, when we cannot make anything else happen, right? When we have gotten to the point where we just throw up our hands and say, I can't fix this. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough talent. Whatever is ahead, I can't get myself there. And it's at those moments when we feel this deep desperation that I think we are open to being saved. Have you ever had a moment like this? We started out this episode asking that question, have you ever gotten to the absolute edges of your ability? And there have been very many of those moments for me, moments when I opened my bank account and there was a negative number there and I still had bills to pay. There have been moments um, with my kids where I felt like I have no more energy. There's just no way that I can keep going today. It is 10 a.m. and I am already done mothering. There have been moments in my marriage where I thought I don't have any more patience for this. There's no way that I can give any more of myself in this moment. There have been moments at work when I thought, what's next? The thing I'm being asked to do is bigger than what I am capable of doing. And in those moments, I'm humbled. I, I'm able to look at myself and realize I am inadequate. I am not enough. And if that was the end of the story, 
it would be a really sad story. <laughs> I think, you know, nobody is, is posting um, memes on Instagram that say, I am not enough. End of story. <laughs> because that's so difficult. I think when you come to that place, it's a hard thing to face. But it's not hard if Yahweh is your God. Because like this widow here, we have a place to go. We have someone with power. When our power runs out, that is not the end of the line. Because our God is the God who can fill a hundred jars with oil, right? He is the one who brings his power to bear in our lives. Sometimes he will wait until we get to the point where we have nothing waiting for us to turn to him. And at this moment, that widow makes that choice. She turns to him. She says, Elijah, my husband has served the Lord and I have nothing. And when she turns to the Lord, the Lord gives her everything that she needs and more. He doesn't just deliver her from the creditor, right? He gives her enough oil that she and her sons can live on that money for the rest of their lives. What an incredible, luxurious gift. God gives her more than she needs. But first she had to get to the point where she realized, I am not enough. I need Yahweh's power. Who is God? He does what you can't. He cares about you, no matter how small or insignificant you feel. He can make a lot from a little, and he works powerfully in the moments where we have run out of power. Thanks for joining me today at Look to Love. Uh, three things. Number one, please leave a review. I would love it if you'd leave a review. Number two, subscribe. If you want to be regularly getting these podcasts, subscribing is your best bet. You won't ever miss one. And number three, share. Give this podcast to all your friends. It's completely free. It's like giving them a present that didn't cost you anything. Just text them. Say, hey, you should be listening to Look to Love. Give them a link uh, or share it on social media. Let people know uh, that it's available. This podcast began as I was writing the book, Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in this way of approaching scripture, get yourself a book. It's available right now on Amazon. You can follow me at J.O. Gerhardt on Instagram or Facebook or subscribe to my free bi-weekly essay, The Goodness, where I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Do reach out. I'd love to know you're listening. Until next time, I hope you'll look to love.